Well, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, good to have you in church this morning, and uh, I just sensed there was a lull there, so I thought I'd get started. Um, folks, it's lovely to have you in church, and you're very welcome. Um, good to have uh, David Turner uh, from Church and Chains here. Uh, so we're going to look at the persecuted church. It's lovely to have uh, Dr. Bob Fu with us as well from China Aid, um, and uh, we're going to focus on China. And we've got Gi Sing Tao as well, and Gi Sing's going to come and tell us a little bit about what he is doing uh, as well as a missionary in Ireland to the Chinese, and uh, Tao was with us for a while. So let me just uh, begin by uh, reading to you from a very unusual passage, and uh, uh, I've been reading this. It's in Zechariah. Uh, we've looked at this before. Uh, but in chapter 1, it says this, and I want you to picture this. Uh, then I looked up, and there before me were four horns, all right, four horns. And I asked the angel who was speaking to me, what are these? And he answered me, these are the horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So these are powerful strengths. They're actually nations, and they've scattered God's people. That's what it means, Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, possibly four um, anvil workers, maybe four hammers, as it were. Uh, what, and I asked, what are these coming to do? And he answered, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one else, no one could raise his head. So the horns were putting pressure on the people of God. But the craftsmen have come to terrify them and throw down these horns of the nations who lifted up uh, and throw down these horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter its people. So in other words, God overcomes the power of the nations by his people, his craftsmen using the Word of God, that hammer, as it were, of the Word. And uh, God looks after His people, and He did so. And when we trace this through, He says that He will be in their midst. He is the man on the, re on the red horse standing among the myrtle trees. And that, of course, is a picture of the Lord Jesus Himself. So when we listen about the persecuted church and the power of the nations, that's like the horns but we also hear about the growth of the church and the fact that God uses his people and uses his word to see that word, to see his people grow. So we're going to stand and we're going to worship our God by singing Beautiful Savior. So let's stand to sing this together. Well, and if you read on in Zechariah, uh, you read this amazing line, which I read this morning, for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. So, the apple of your eye is the dark part in the middle, okay? It's called the pupil, and in Old English, it was called the apple. And so whenever you look at somebody, and I wasn't sure in the Presbyterian church if we would do this or not, you know, but if you look intently into the person beside you's eyes, you should be able to see yourself 
if it's dark enough in their pupil. Okay. And that's a fascinating thing, isn't it? Because that means that whenever we look into, when God looks in our eyes and we look in his eyes, he sees us. And it says here, um, you know, that he does not want anyone. He doesn't, if for whoever touches you or harms you, touches the apple of your eye. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? So let's go to prayer as we think about that. Father, we do want to just uh, humble ourselves before you. Uh, we recognize you, uh, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that with a word you created the world, and Father, by the power of your word, you sustain uh, this world, and that, Father, that you are sovereignly in control of every single situation. And Father, we thank you that you are a God who reveals yourself as well as, as someone who cares and who has uh, not just created this world beautifully for us, but, Father, cares enough to send us your Son. We've been singing a beautiful Savior because you saw our need and you decided to meet that need. And, Father, when we become yours, we become your children, and you treat us like a father. And, Father, we are the apple of your eye. It's an amazing thought. It's a wonderfully reassuring truth. And I pray, Father, that as we begin to worship you this morning, that we will know the truth of that in our hearts, that we are loved, and we know that we're loved because of Jesus and his death on the cross. We know that we're loved because you speak to us through your word. We know that we're loved because you presence yourself with us by the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we come into your presence, and we recognize, of course, that we are unholy, that we're not worthy to come that we have sinned, as we say, in word and in deed. In other words, we have said things that we shouldn't have said, and we have done things that we shouldn't have done. And we have not said things that we should have said, and we have not done things that we should have done. And, Father, we are unworthy. We are unprofitable servants. And, Father, we simply come and humbly ask that you would forgive us and that you will cleanse us from our sin and that you will lift us up, and that, Father, that you will encourage us again because we look to you, and we see you, and we see that you see us as well. So, Father, we pray that in everything that we do today that we will uh, listen carefully. We thank you for bringing David and Bob and Guy to us to, uh, in, to help us understand what it means to be a Christian in China and how to live uh, where the horn or the strength is strong. And Father, I pray that you will help us to listen well and to learn from this experience so that we can live well for you here in Ireland as well. So Father, thank you for gathering us from so many nations as I look out this morning. And uh, Father, I pray that you will unite us in unity, in love for the Lord Jesus, and that Father, that we will listen carefully to all that you want us to do. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn to God's Word as we find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 11, which is page 1160, or thereabouts. It might be 161. I'm not quite sure in your Bibles, but it's 1160 in mine. It's 2 Corinthians. So there are two letters to the church in Corinth. 
It's the second letter, 2 Corinthians. It's chapter 5, and we're going to begin at verse 11. So how are we doing? Have we all got it? That's good. Great. These are some super words. Um, um, I suppose the whole Bible is super words, but let's hear these uh, words that God wants us to hear this morning. So the ministry of reconciliation, verse 11, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God of God. Amen. And we thank God for his word. Well, it is a real privilege to have David Turner with us. David uh, leads Church in Chains, and that's all about the persecuted church, and he knows a lot about what's happening in China. So, David, you're very welcome to come and speak to the boys and girls. Now, boys and girls, I have a small little magazine for each of you. So I'm just going to, if you're sitting in the front row, I'm going to give you a copy. If you're sitting somewhere else, then Everybody has got one because many people have heard me speak before about Church in Chains magazine, the magazine that gives information about the persecuted church around the world. And this year we started doing a junior edition, four pages. And for the grown ups, in case you feel you're missing out, Junior Church in Chains is in the middle of the regular Church in Chains magazine. So there's one for you too if you want one uh, later on. But boys and girls, I want to talk to you about one word, and I think you may not have heard it before. And maybe the grown-ups haven't heard it either. The word is cynicization. Mm -hmm. Right, now, cynicization. 
Let me spell it. I think I might better just look and make sure I get it right. S-I-N-I-C-I-S-A-T-I-O-N. What could that mean? Well, it's the big idea of President Xi Jinping, who's the leader of China. And his big idea is that by this process of sinicization, he will turn all religions into a Chinese version, a Chinese Communist Party version of religion. Now, if we all got ourselves into a huge big aircraft and flew to China this minute and went into a church in China, what would we see? Well, we'd see chairs. We might see an organ. We, we, I think we might see a piano as well. Yes. But this process of sinicization means that you'd see new things. Some churches would have a cross, but the Chinese government has taken down thousands of crosses. And instead, they've put up pictures. And the picture would be of President Xi Jinping. Now imagine if we came in, I wonder what would happen next Sunday if you came into Adelaide Road Church and you saw a picture of President Michael D. Higgins. I think lots of us love to see President Michael D. Higgins. He does a great job representing Ireland around the world. But I don't think even he wants his picture inside churches. But President Xi Jinping does want that. And then this morning we sang a beautiful praise song to start. But sinicization means that in China, in churches, they're singing the Chinese national anthem and sometimes songs that praise the Chinese Communist Party. So you don't come to church to praise a political party. You come to church to worship God. So it's getting difficult for churches. And if churches say, we don't want the picture of President Xi Jinping or we don't want to sing the national anthem, we want to praise God, they get into trouble. Sometimes churches have been closed down, all due to sinicization. Now, if you look in the middle, you will see a picture of a boy, and his name is Xu Ya. And I'd like you to pray for Xu Ya. Xu Ya's dad was pastor of a church called Early Rain Covenant Church, the church you can see in the middle there. And they didn't want to go along with sinicization. They wanted to just preach the good news of Jesus. So Shuya's dad is in prison, and his mum was in prison for a while as well. So he had to go and live with his granny. And the picture there is of him at the barber. Some church members came along and took him out for a haircut, and that was a special day out. So we have so much in this country, so much to thank God for, but I'd love you to pray for the church in China. If you don't know what words to use, there's a prayer for China there, and you could pray that maybe with your mum and dad. And if you want to do a crossword puzzle when you get home, there's a crossword puzzle on the back page. So remember the church in China and pray for Xu Ya, that he will know that God is with him, even though times are difficult. And for the grown-ups, do take a copy of Junior Church and Chains. 
and see if you can do the crossword. Some, some grown-up told me today that it's not as easy as it seems. So, away you go. Okay, thank you. David's very gracious. That grown-up was me. Because uh, I'm not quite sure I can still spell civilization, but never mind. Uh, so, yeah, do that, folks. You can look at those, and you get the answers in there, and we will pray and if you look at the barber picture as well, you'll see pictures of policemen, I think, in the background. Um, and uh, it's a fascinating thing, isn't it, that the little boy has a police escort uh, because he follows Jesus. So let's just really pray for him as well. We're going to sing now a song called All Who Are Thirsty. Um, and really, that's speaking about our desire for the Lord Jesus. Uh, and he is the one who meets that in us. So let's stand to sing this together. Just before you go out, um, it's somebody's special birthday today. In fact, it's Margaret's special birthday. Um, all I'm allowed to tell you that there's a zero on the end of it. Um, so uh, we're going to sing happy birthday to Margaret. And Margaret and her friends have brought cake. And uh, that's for um, everybody over 11. Is that Are you 11? You, you're just allowed some. That's great. Yeah, so there's cake, I think. Um, is there cake? No cake. What have you got? What have you got for us? Maltesers and sweets and all sorts of things. Well, that's downstairs afterwards, and you're very welcome to have that. So let's sing happy birthday to Margaret. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Margaret. Happy birthday to you. Well done. Great. Now, boys and girls, you're free to go. Um, Crash is, is there. If you're 4 to 14, you can leave for Sunday special in K2. Well, just because, before we sing again, let me just go through some of these announcements. Can I again say that you're very welcome to the service? I know we have some visitors, um, and you're very welcome as well. Sign our visitors' book, stay for tea and coffee, introduce yourself, and uh, we would love to get to know you. Um, I want to say a big thank you to uh, all who came to clean the church yesterday. Um, and uh, I know that there's good work done in all sorts of places that you mightn't see. Uh, but uh, thank you for those who came to clean and did such a good job. Um, uh, for those who are interested, I did make it to my aunt's 50th golden wedding anniversary, and I saw that photograph again. Do you know the good thing? It was black and white. <laughs> and do you know the thing that really struck me, which I had forgotten about, was that I was blonde. Can you believe that? I was blonde at seven years of age, as I was the page boy for my aunt. And we had a good night last night up in Crawfordsburn in County Down, and uh, we came back late last night. So thank you for that. Folks, in these announcements, you'll see that we return to look at John chapter 13 uh, next week. Uh, we're going to just finish this series out to Christmas, looking at Jesus' dialogue with his disciples uh, before his death. Um, and there's a lot there. I've called it kind of like a school of ministry and, and how Jesus wants to impart things to us. We saw about serving last time. We're going to see about his command, very famous command, of course, to love one another. 
If you've come burdened and you would like to be prayed for, then there's a prayer desk here, a prayer table, I think we like to call it, and you will simply be prayed for things. You know, uh, we don't give advice in that sense. We just pray to the Lord for you. You're welcome to come. Just to put a special date in your mind, the 13th of October, it is our harvest service, and the Reverend Andrew Gill will be speaking at that service. Uh, but also it is, um, uh, we're going to have it as a welcome and a barbecue and uh, so we're just inviting the whole church family, as we like to say. And, uh, you know, if you're a student as well, you're particularly welcome. And you can read all the other logistical parts there as well. The plowing match, really, it does start this week. Uh, uh, someone uh, yesterday said that they were also on a stand for another Christian organization. Uh, so I, I don't know if anybody wants to volunteer, but do pray for it. Uh, uh, the 17th, I think, is Tuesday uh, to Thursday. Uh, you'll see it on the television, but just remember to pray uh, for the farming community and for all the people who will attend that God may speak to them as well. Uh, Dublin's Women's Convention, uh, there are leaflets in the vestibule of the porch. Uh, Karen can talk to you about that, persevering in prayer. Those who go um, always find this a good uh, event, and I do want to encourage it. Uh, we meet to re review home groups on Tuesday, um, and Katie's going to begin the youth group uh, this Saturday, the 21st. Uh, so if you're in that sort of uh, teens category, uh, do speak to Katie, and she'll tell you the details of what is going to be happening. And you've got the preaching schedule on the back as well, if you want to get that as well. So as we prepare our hearts uh, to come and hear what Bob has to say to us about China and about his word, uh, let's stand to sing, Mighty to Save. Okay, Bob, you're uh, very welcome. And um, for those who weren't in at the start, Bob is from uh, China Aid, and he's going to come and speak to us about uh, China and about the Lord. So you're very welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good morning, Dale Lade Road uh, Church. Good morning. Yeah, I know it's a Presbyterian church. We are more constrained <laughs> and with uh, more orders. Um, you know, it's uh, such a privilege and joy uh, to be with you uh, this morning. And uh, thank you uh, for uh, David Turner for your kind invitation. Thank you, Sam, uh, for your introduction. Um, always, uh, it's kind of a, whenever I come to uh, a, come to a different uh, church and share uh, what's um, really happening in China. Uh, it's really about uh, our God, uh, who um, is working and who is the one uh, actually operates um, even or despite. Uh, of a difficult situation or persecution situation, uh, we serve uh, one God, right? And there is only actually one church. I kind of uh, sometimes uh, find difficulty to call it all. Oh, there's American church, there's a Chinese church, there's Irish church. Uh, actually, there is only one church, one Savior, one God, one Holy Spirit. Amen. 
And it's uh, the same God, um, no matter uh, where those uh, people of God uh, are, or, or were, or uh, in the future, uh, we are serving the same God. Uh, it's just uh, the church in China, um, the church in Ireland, the church in the UK, the church in North Korea, or the church in Africa. So it's just one church. So this morning, uh, of course, uh, um, thanks uh, Pastor Sam for uh, reading this passage. I want to uh, read um, among these uh, verses from Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5. I want to uh, single out uh, two of them, um, kind of um, highlight it again uh, for the time uh, sake. So chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, the first verse I want to highlight is verse 17. Verse 17. Um, maybe let me uh, read this again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And in a Another translation said, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Or, or Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. Uh, pay attention, before that, it's, uh, it's, there is a therefore. So on, in the verse uh, 20, there is another one. said, we are... Therefore, Christ's ambassadors were therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm so glad that uh, we're in a uh, Presbyterian church. I uh, studied at um, Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. Uh, yesterday, uh, chatting uh, with Sam, uh, we actually even shared um, some professors. I remembered when I studied there, um, when uh, we um, studied the course of uh, Christology, uh, we, uh, our biblical theologian, uh, Dr. Richard Gaffin, uh, kind of spent almost a half of the semester <laughs> Uh, just to exegete uh, this part of the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is, uh, you know, one of these passages really uh, kind of highlight on the uh, content, the nature, and the application of the whole counsel of God. That is, of course, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can exegete this, uh, you know, from a grammatical from a historical, from a redemptive uh, perspective. And, uh, of course, you know, this morning, with uh, the rest of 15 minutes, and you're not coming here to be tortured with the half of the semester course work. And, um, but in any case, I think um, the word of the Lord is uh, the center of our life, that uh, nothing in our life would be separated um, from the work of the Holy Spirit through 
his uh, active word. So I want to focus on this to therefore uh, about the new creation. I call it a new creation and new new creation and a new mission. And, uh, surrounding with this uh, uh, chapter five, verse seventeen and verse twenty, the two therefores. If you if you are familiar with the enough with the Pauline's teaching, uh, his uh, epistles, the letters, and he always have this paradigm uh, of the, the scripture uh, that uh, with the Holy Spirit inspired him, of course, and he always start, you know, with uh, indicative, uh, by describing who we were uh, before we became a new creation, the old man, what did uh, look like and uh, who, you know, we were in the world, we were in the darkness, and uh, we belong to the unredeemed, we belong to the sphere of the devil and to the death. And uh, of course, then he immediately uh, described uh, those are the features of who we are in Christ Jesus, a new creation, a new man uh, in Christ. And uh, then from the indicative, describing who we were and who we are in Christ, and then he transform, transferred to the imperative, like uh, now what? Um, if, we, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation, and therefore, what should we do? What we are commanded, and, uh, and uh, who the, the, the new kind of... Uh, command uh, in verse 20 uh, with a new title, a new mission. It's called Ambassador for Christ as the new title. And the main task of the ambassadors, uh, Ambassador for Christ from, you know, the previous Ambassador for the Darkness uh, is uh, we have this new mission to, on behalf of Christ, as ambassador to represent the one who sent us, the king of kings, who sent to us with this new mission that is a mission of uh, the messenger of reconciliation. That is, we implore you on behalf of Christ that um, be reconciled to God. That is the kind of uh, imperative. So for me, of course, um, I was uh, uh, born uh, and raised in China, being educated as an atheist from the, my childhood um, by the communist education. And we were always taught there is no God, and God is an invented kind of a super uh, uh, kind of official uh, uh, being by the Western uh, cultural imperialist, the missionaries, and they want to use religion or Christianity or God as the opium of the people, as Marxism has uh, been uh, teaching to us. And so we're taught to rely on ourselves, rely on the Communist Party uh, for who we are, for what we do. And so of course, you know, I was born also in a very poor family, 
my mother was a beggar, um, when um, my, um, after my elder brother, elder sister were born, and uh, my mother, uh, her ex-husband, uh, could not afford food accommodation. And that's 1958, um, when the so-called great uh, uh, starvation happened under the uh, horrible leadership of Chairman Mao. Uh, it's a purely human-made uh, kind of a starvation. And um, so her ex-husband basically begged her, said, leave, we, there is no food for the kids, no, for anyone. There's not a place to stay. So my mother kind of put my uh, brother on her shoulder and holding the hands of my sister, just starting her years of uh, a uh, 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 begging food on the road, um, uh, day by day, months by months, village by village, until she uh, met me with my father uh, in our village, and they got married, so I was born in that family. And you can, of course, imagine, you know, um, being raised and, and uh, in that family, and by the way, um, in that three years so-called great starvation, in China between 1958 to 1960, in China, uh, histor his historians have uh, estimated at least 20 million Chinese died. 20 million Chinese died during that starvation. And by the grace of God, my mother survived. And so I was uh, kind of uh, experiencing tremendous uh, injustice and uh, equality from my childhood. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I felt, well, I want to really uh, rely my, uh, on myself or want to you know, uh, become a millionaire. That was my first childhood dream. And I think uh, poverty is the problem. And then gradually, when I got more education, I found in China, to become a millionaire doesn't guarantee you will be safe or, with the, uh, or be treated with the equality and, uh, and, uh, in, uh, and dignity. I found you need to become a Chinese Communist Party leader. And that was my second kind of upgraded version of my young uh, dream. Um, I, so at the age of 18, I, uh, before I graduated from high school, I was determined to, to become the first freely democratically elected prime minister in 20 years. I even set up the parameter. <laughs> and years, I wrote my first State of the Union address, <laughs> and uh, basically writing down my future policy on uh, agricultural reform, on industry reform, medical reform, and sent to the governor of my province, and nobody responded to me, unfortunately. Uh, but I remembered my own dream, and uh, then in, I went to college and uh, continued my higher education. And uh, then, uh, of course, uh, 30 years ago, uh, you remembered uh, what had happened at uh, Tiananmen Square, the world's largest open square, uh, Tiananmen Square in Beijing, which means actually, the, the literally means, I think, uh, uh, Pastor Tiu understands <laughs> that Tiananmen means the gate of heavenly peace. The gate of heavenly peace. Then I was uh, one of the students' leaders um, 
in the Tiananmen Square and leading the protest, and I, I felt, wow, you know, there is a, a, a way uh, of a political change at the time. I uh, kind of, uh, when I call for pro protest and demonstration, you know, like what's happening in Hong Kong, and um, there were hundreds of thousands of students followed me, and I thought, hmm, maybe this is a first step to become the future prime minister, right? And you have a lot of people following you. And then in the early morning of June 4th, 1989, exactly 30 years ago, this happened. The Chinese so-called uh, People's Government sent the so-called People's Liberation Army with the military tanks and machine guns and start massacring uh, at least uh, 3,000 to to many thousands, and nobody knows the exact figure, but at least 3,000 lives were cost. So I was treated like a, a political criminal, of course, and being forced to cancel my classes and uh, writing confessions day and night. And um, of course, um, there won't seem to have uh, any future uh, Bob Fu administration prime minister anymore at that time. And I was uh, kind of uh, uh, full of uh, uh, anger. And when I knew some of my friends betrayed me, and they betrayed me by even telling lies in order to show their loyalty to the Communist Party. And I was full of anger and despair and disillusionment. Really, it was that time God intervened into my life. And he, um, I, for the first time, I kind of uh, read and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ by reading a book. I was smuggled in by uh, my American uh, English teacher who were secret missionaries um, and uh, teaching English in our university. And for the first time, I kind of, when I read that uh, booklet, it was a biography of a Chinese pastor called Xi Shengmo. And uh, he, I mean, tell, told, me, told a story about uh, how uh, he was struggling of, uh, with the opium addiction in the 1900, around 1900 in Shanxi province, and he was almost dying and, um, as a public intellectual, and he for the first time that he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through the missionaries from uh, Hudson Taylor's group, a China Inland Mission. And uh, I remember reading uh, that um, booklet on the back of my classroom as uh, every night I was forced to do, waiting uh, uh, to correct my interrogation record. And I just uh, uh, could not help but crying out to the Lord. The story was so astonishing to me. It, uh, it, uh, I just uh, keep, you know, finished reading that booklet, smuggled from Hong Kong, written with the traditional Chinese. And uh, so I finished with one breath almost. I, I, I just keep uh, writing the notes from the book. And it has so many what are called beautiful words uh, on it. Of course, a year later, when I got the first copy of my, the Bible, it's all the beautiful words, actually, are the word of the Lord, the scriptures. And uh, one particular one is actually from the Second Corinthians, verse, uh, uh, the chapter 5, verse 17, we just read, when uh, Pastor Xi Shengmo 
I mean, uh, dedicate his life, uh, surrender his life to Christ. He said, if anyone with this uh, promise, if anyone, not only the British, not only the Irish, not only Americans, Chinese too, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. My major was uh, English literature at the time, so we pay a lot of attention on the English grammar. And uh, it says, if anyone is in Christ, is, 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 is right now. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You know, when we became a Communist Youth League member or a Communist uh, uh, Party member, we always have to go through a lot of process, you know, study and uh, then, you know, uh, being tested, then have a sworn in and uh, pledge of allegiance to become a Communist Party member. Here it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is. He says, right now, you are a new creation, redeemed by this King of kings and Lord of lords through his Holy Spirit. And the old has gone. It's a present perfect tense. It's has gone. And the new has come. Of course, if you study the scripture in the original language, in Greek, and uh, with uh, more theological uh, studies, you see Paul you know, is uh, not only just apply or imply one individual salvation story, it is a, a really a totally new world, a new world order when the King of Kings and Lord Lords was born and crucified and resurrected. It's a really a new, crea a new creation, a recreation of the whole universe. And so in that context, and uh, I was really uh, kind of um, uh, was struck and uh, basically uh, crying out to the Lord, I said, you know, you are the living God. You are the God that uh, even before I knew you, you already knows me. You, even before, you know, I uh, can spell out your name and you already recognize me. And uh, so this is the salvation, the story that God has created, that God has predestined, actually, has chosen his people before the history, before you were born. So I just said, uh, that was the time. So I want to become that new creation. I want to accept Christ as my Savior and the Lord. And Lord, accept me. So that's kind of a, was I became the first kind of a, a generation of Chinese Christian uh, in that whole university where I was studying. And then, you know, it, the, 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 the Holy Spirit like worked like a, 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 a popcorn, you know, like, a, you know, kind of a, every day we have new salvation. I, I did not really even have the full copy of the Bible and just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And... Um, and then uh, a few years ago, when one of the uh, recent graduates from that college came to the U.S., uh, where I, I, uh, my family has been residing, and uh, to West Texas, and uh, told me, he said, oh, Pastor Bob, you didn't know the revival kind of continued after you left school, because I went to Beijing, continued my graduate school. 
And uh, then he said, oh, after you left, the, there is actually, because there are so many students and professors come to Christ. And uh, there was a church even uh, planted nearby the university campus. In the past 20-some five years, he said uh, at least over 10,000 were baptized out of that one church. Isn't that the, the, that's the Holy Spirit work? Amen? It is his work. Yeah, we should, uh, yeah, give the Lord a big hand, I think. Yes, it is his work. And uh, so 10,000. And then when I went to Beijing, I continued to see the revival in every university. And I was so busy, basically riding my bicycle, continue the ministry. And then, of course, uh, this is my baptism ceremony. Um, and... Uh, we call it a shower baptism. I think uh, both Presbyterians and uh, Baptists accept it. Uh, we do not have any other uh, where uh, so to be baptized. So went to the old factory and uh, had the shower uh, turn on. And uh, the, 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 the pastor um, who baptized me uh, spent over 17 years in prison for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then uh, Heidi, uh, my then girlfriend uh, in my college, um, and uh, later on she became my uh, first uh, kind of a missionary target. And uh, after persecuting me for one week, and she also became follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, now she is my dear wife. And uh, so uh, the pastor who uh, married uh, Heidi and I. Uh, Pastor Alan Yuan from Beijing uh, spent uh, 20, almost 22 years in prison. So they all told me, they said, okay, if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, the first theological course you have to take is called prison theology in China. Okay, I was a little scared. And <laughs> so I knew, you know, those, uh, they have followed Christ and paid the price. And for being a witness uh, for, for really carrying out that you know, new mission, uh, from a new creation to the new mission as the ambassador for Christ. And uh, the first uh, theological uh, kind of a training is prison theology. And then, of course, uh, in 1996, it's time. The Lord said, um, so both Hyde and I took a very intensive course in a Beijing prison. We were... Uh, arrested uh, for being accused as an illegal uh, evangelist. Um, and uh, while I was actually working in the Beijing Chinese Communist Party School as a full-time faculty teaching English to the Communist Party leaders, that's why my memoir calls a God's Double Agent. If you Google Amazon, you will see that title. And... Um, because during the daytime, I was teaching English to the party leaders. During the evening, I was uh, kind of uh, sharing the gospel uh, to the students. And this is happening in China, of course. Uh, the theology of a person, the, 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 um, uh, the kind of, uh, um, we call it prison theology. And uh, as David just mentioned, what's happening in the uh, past few years, um, the persecution had been the worst, maybe uh, since the uh, start of uh, the Cultural Revolution, in many aspects, many churches, thousands of churches were uh, 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 destroyed and uh, or banned, and um, 
you can tell, and um, many of those uh, pastors, like uh, David just mentioned, the early Roman Covenant Church, were arrested, and uh, this pastor of mine, a good friend, who uh, was sentenced to seven years as American Chinese pastor, uh, the, the, the middle one, and for really sharing the gospel to the children in Burma, uh, China border area. And these Christians were sentenced from three, you know, set from four to 13 years for owning, you know, the copy uh, even of the Pilgrim's Progress or John Calvin's uh, Institute of Christian Religion. And um, as the house church leaders, they were called evil cult. I mean, at least 22 of, this church, uh, of those brothers and sisters over there. So my uh, conclusion uh, really is, uh, you know, not only, you know, this is uh, just a China story that God, the same God is working. I think the implication is uh, surely, you know, we, any one of you, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And the scripture says, actually, you know, we are all, in the book of Acts 1.8, said we are all sent from Jerusalem, Judea, to the end of the world to be his witness. So I'm glad that one of the five W's is, you know, besides worship and works and word, is witnesses. So the witnesses, actually, in the Greek lexicon, it is the equivalent, almost, is the, the word martyr, the martyrturum. So the martyr is not only those means, those who suffer death in the violent way, that's in history called the red martyr, but in the history of the church, actually, there are two other type of color of martyrs. Besides red martyrs, there are green martyrs, uh, refers to those who really witness uh, for the Lord um, by dying uh, to yourself. And then there is white martyr, those who witnesses who are faithful to the Lord by dying to the world. So maybe in Ireland, uh, we, we won't kind of have that kind of a prison theology in the tech, literal sense, as Chinese millions of Chinese believers had experienced and are experiencing. But we do, as a witness of the Lord, as the new, as the ambassador for Christ in our daily life, we are called at least to be the grandmothers or, or and white mothers. And we are commanded, actually, to daily you know, walking with Christ by bearing his cross, die to ourselves, die to the world as the green martyrs and the white martyrs. And um, I noticed, of course, you know, in this culture, especially in the Western culture, or Christianity or being a Christian, it's no more like, oh, we're being kind of welcomed in society. We may be being laughed as narrow-minded, we're being laughed as a fundamentalist, we're being laughed, you know, as what kind of a, 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 a kind of a labels. But the scripture kind of a, is very clear that uh, the Lord, in his, by his grace, uh, can cover us even in prison or outside the prison, we can still be 
the faithful ambassador for Christ as this new mission from a new creation. May the Lord continue to bless all of you and uh, be a faithful witness and uh, either or both a white martyr or the green martyr in the days ahead. And uh, may the Holy Spirit and his word uh, continue to nurture us and keep you all in the Lord's arm. Thank you. Well, folks, Bob's has given us a lot to think about, and we praise God for his testimony and uh, for all that God has been doing in his life. Let's respond to God now by giving our offering to him, and we'll sing a new song, I think, "'Tis So Sweet," and uh, we remain seated to do so. So let's just uh, worship God as we give our offering to him now. And uh, I'm just going to ask him a few questions. Um, thought it would be a good idea for you to uh, reconnect with Guy, uh, who worshipped with us for a short period of time. Uh, so, Guy, first question, can you give us a sketch portrait of your background and family life? Yeah. Um, yeah, I came from Malaysia, was born there in the 60s, and my parents uh, came from China, uh, from a place uh, called Santou, uh, near Santou. And if you have read uh, James Hudson Taylor's uh, uh, biography. Uh, Santo is actually the second seaport that he uh, he went to, and one of the things that was he he remarked was that that place was such a terrible place. Like one thing he say, through that port every month they imported like thirty two thousand pounds of opium, and that was kind of at the cost of about quarter of a million sterling in eighteen fifty six. So so those were kind of like bad sort of, sort of environment that people were like living through. And that's why my, my parents went to Malaysia, you know, also carry with him a lot of this, uh, I guess, traditional Chinese value and things like that. But he went in 70 years ago to Malaysia because of the uh, very poor economic condition. And that's soon after that, well, three of our brothers were born. And we were from a family which we have the traditional ancestor worship uh, what they call the filial piety, but basically we have different altar at home that we worship different gods. That's how we're brought up with. Mm. And, and how did you first hear of the Lord Jesus and believe in him as Savior? I think the first time I heard of the gospel is when I was about 14. I was invited to a Christmas dinner in town by a lady, a Christian worker. And I remember that night uh, the pastor preach of the gospel message and he do an article at the end and say if anyone who when Jesus returned tonight if anyone want to go with him to heaven everybody raised their hand I didn't raise my hand I knew I'm different I knew I'm not part of them but it's only when I went overseas to study in England it's through the university uh, Chinese Christian fellowship in university uh, partly so run and organized by the mission called CLCM, and I get to hear more of the gospel. I think I didn't hear a lot, but until the point when I heard that, you say, this world was created by a God who, who smiled everything that he created, and also he loved me so much that if I'm the only one person in the world, he would die for me. And that was the first time I really hear it clearly, and that was the time I was really touched, and then a few 
few months after that, I came to surrender my life to God. That was in uh, 1985. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so conscious that we could ask so many more questions, but I'm just going to go to 2018, uh, because, Guy, you had surgery in 2018. Can you update us on how you are and what God taught you at the time? I think in, in September uh, 2018, and I went for a colonoscopy uh, because I've been sort of seeing bloods in my stools. And when the uh, consultant found that there's a tumor in, in my bowel, and then I think after they took a sample to, to test it out, they found that it was uh, cancer. And so almost from the time we found out from that, uh, it was kind of shocking. But at the same time, both my wife, Kathy, and I were kind of was truly convinced, you know, really it's the time we lift up what the Roman 8.28 say, you know, for you know, thank God work for good for those who love him and for those he have called. And we were, you know, from the time we knew it and from the time we had the surgery, it's only about three days. So once we sat it down after we visit to the consultant, we have to, we, we, we do have the peace really in the heart but we try to struggle how to tell our children about the news. So we told them you know, the, the, the same evening, and then we just moved from there. And I think after a year, so this coming Thursday, I'm going for my annual colonoscopy check again. So I, I guess so far, it's no bad, bad news yet. <laughs> so it's good news for now. But but has been a year when the time we really had to feel that, yes. But one thing I have to say, though, uh, during the time of after surgery and recovery, I think we, we, our wife and I, was really had the best time of our life trusting the Lord because, that, because we're so focused on Him, because we know we're in desperate needs for, for Him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a lovely testimony. So moving on, you are now a missionary with COCM. Tell us what that means and what does it mean for you? CLCM uh, stands for uh, Chinese Overseas Christian Mission. It's a mission that is based mainly in headquarters in UK, and it's been around for 70 years, next years. And its, it's motto or its mission is, uh, uh, I think, is reaching out Chinese to reach Europe. So it is, has been for many years, for perhaps been instrumental to bring many uh, Chinese students and Chinese. Uh, workers to Christ and helping to plant churches and so on and so forth uh, across UK and in Ireland and Europe. And so now I'm kind of officially the, uh, the missionary for CLCM uh, based in Ireland. Uh, it's kind of strange. I'm kind of home missionary because I'm from Ireland, or in, so to speak. I'm here 32 <laughs> years. And, but I do uh, work with whatever Chinese group they are. So now I spend a, a lot of time, maybe half of my time in Cork, uh, helping a small fellowship there to, to build them up and to, to reach out to people there and and also other places when there's need. And so since, I think since June, I've been going to Letterkenny's uh, to uh, Reverend uh, Tommy Booth. And there's a few Christians there who want to have you know, Bible study and things like that. So we go there once a month, and on other times, uh, we see where where the needs are. So that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, so almost like the gospel work among the Chinese in Ireland. Okay. 
And just lastly, Guy, how can we receive information um, so that we might prayer, uh, pray and practically support you? Mm. Yeah, I really would treasure your prayer. And I think the best thing for, for you to get the information is that uh, maybe you come to me afterward. I can give you uh, my name card with the address and email information or phone number. And if you really want to receive the prayer item, uh, I have a prayer letter which goes out every quarter. So you can see the update of it. And also uh, other information you can sort of communicate uh, to me that way. Yeah. Thank you, Guy. Mm. Okay, well, I, I will pray for you and uh, for the work now, so thank you for that. Folks, uh, just to pray, we're going to take a few moments to pray for Guy and uh, for Kathy and for the work and for Bob and for Church and Chains. Um, and uh, we want to pray for Annie as well. Annie is, uh, had her operation um, on Friday, and uh, she's not well and uh, is in intensive care. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who changes lives and that you rescue um, from what seem to be impossible situations in human hearts, and that, Father, that the gospel is uh, strong and powerful and is able to change those hearts and to make us new creations. So we thank you for the work that Bob does with China Aid in supporting and uh, documenting and lobbying for uh, the plight of Chinese Christians. And we simply pray that you will continue to bless him and his family and that you will use him mightily to highlight the um, persecution of the Chinese church. And that, Father, that you will encourage us by the stories that we hear, that we might be your ambassadors as they are in their country. We pray, of course, for the leadership there. We pray that they will soften their hearts. We pray that they will open their eyes to see the enormity of who... Uh, they oppose, and uh, Father, that they might see Jesus and his love and kindness for them. And Father, we pray for Guy. We pray particularly for him this week as he faces the uncertainty of uh, his uh, uh, sort of repeat uh, test. We pray that that will be clear. We pray that the news will be good. And Father, we continue to pray for the work of uh, uh, COCM and the evangelism and outreach and uh, that they're doing in Letterkenny and Dundalk, um, uh, Dublin, and in Cork. And I really pray that you would be with him. It's a, not an easy task that he's been given. And we pray safety for Cathy and Guy, and we pray for encouragement. And thank you that you have been with them in the school of, uh, as it were, uh, illness, as uh, you were with uh, Bob in the school of prison theology. And Father, we pray for Annie. Uh, Father, um, Lord, I, it's not what we prayed for. It's not what we wanted. It's not what we were looking uh, to hearing today on Sunday, that Annie is not well and in intensive care. So we pray for her. Um, we pray for a miracle. And we pray, Father, that if it's an infection, that you will fight it. We pray that you will give skill to the surgeons, to the doctors, and to the nurses. And Father, we pray that we will see our sister restored. And that, Father, that you will honour your name and glorify it in this situation. So, Father, we're burdened and uh, we're saddened, uh, but we hear uh, these testimonies that you are the God who brings us through. And so we trust you in these difficult days. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, let's stand to see, uh, to sing what, see what a morning. 
uh, as we worship our great God. Let us uh, bless one another with these good words, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, I think I'll ask Guy and you know, have a seat, uh, Guy and Bob to stay around the front here uh, because uh, not many of you tend to go. And uh, so if you want to speak with them, uh, do that. I'll go to the door to greet those who need to leave. Uh, we do have Margaret's uh, birthday celebration downstairs and uh, tea and coffee as usual. So, um, and let's continue to pray for all that we've heard uh, today. Um, so, yeah, if Bob and uh, the folks want to stay here, and I'll go to the, the door. <laughs>